Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From NOLA Pizza in the NOLA Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and director of the award-winning Birkenrode Reports. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. When people talk about the U.S. economy, they often point out that around 98% of the workforce is made up of small business, and that's true. According to the Small Business Association, small is defined primarily as a business that has fewer than 500 employees. Well, not all small businesses are created equal. There are workplaces that have substantially fewer than 500 employees, all the way down to two or or even one. If you're talking about a service business like a plumber or IT support, you can imagine that a single person with a computer or a couple of people with a van could run a business. But when you're talking about manufacturing, it's a bit more difficult to picture how one or two people alone can pull that off. But that's exactly what my lunch guests today, Nikki Thompson and Patrick Hernandez, are doing with their respective businesses. Patrick Hernandez and his partner, Andrew Lofeld, are the only two employees of the company they co-founded called Rulizon Rum. Rulizon Rum is a rum distillery on Broad Street in New Orleans. One of the distillery's distinguishing features is the kind of still that Patrick and Andrew use to make rum. It's the oldest and least efficient type of still in the world, but it makes a specialty rum with complex flavors that rum drinkers are buying in eight states, including New York, New Jersey, Florida, and California. Patrick Hernandez, welcome out to lunch. Thanks for having me. Nikki Thompson's company, Hood Cream, has 50% fewer employees than relays on rum. At Hood Cream, it's just Nikki. Hood Cream manufactures non-dairy vegan ice cream. You might be thinking, non-dairy vegan ice cream, that's such a niche product. How could it support more than one person? Well, to put the vegan ice cream market in some sort of context, Baskin-Robbins and Ben & Jerry's now make non-dairy ice cream. And in the last 12 months, Americans spent over $520 million on vegan ice cream. That's a significant market, and it's estimated to be growing at about 13% a year. At Nikki's company, sales have grown to a point that support opening a brick-and-mortar store and hiring some employees, which are going to be the next steps for Hood Cream. Nikki Thompson, welcome out to lunch. Hi, thank you for having me. Patrick, at Roulets on Rum, you and Andrew are maxed out producing and selling around 15,000 bottles of rum a year. It's a great position to be in, selling everything you produce, and Apple or Samsung would be thrilled to be able to say that. But if you have visions of growing to even a fraction of the size of Apple, Samsung, or Bacardi in your case, it's going to take more than you and Andrew and your micro distillery on Broad Street. Then again, not everyone wants to build a global brand. What do you and Andrew define as success at Rulazan Rum? Absolutely. So really our our goal is to keep the quality of the product the same and we we have plans that will allow us to scale up uh, while keeping that that really unique flavor from the pot stills. Uh, we might need a little bit bigger of a space, but uh, but we do have some intermediate intermediate plans 
uh, for, for scaling, including um, our, our Potsills are actually a modular system, so we operate five right now, um, and even though those are all part of one batch, uh, so we can add on, we can increase the number of runs we do per day, uh, so we, we have some options. Nikki, the name of your company, Hood Cream, has connotations of smallness, a concept that's anchored in a neighborhood. It doesn't sound like it's tr trying to take on the nationwide vegan ice cream market dominated by brands like Halo Top and So Delicious. Rather than competing for freezer space in the stores where they sell these big brands, doing something those other brands are not doing seems like a great idea. Which would be your plan to open a brick and mortar store? I'm wondering though, are there enough vegan ice cream eaters in any one New Orleans neighborhood to make a vegan ice cream shop work? Or, or does Hood Cream ice cream taste so good that people who typically eat dairy ice cream will come to your non-dairy ice cream store? Or option three, will your store have to sell regular dairy ice cream too? Um. I, I definitely don't um, plan on selling dairy ice cream at all. My plan is to actually just have a small like community space that people can enjoy dairy-free ice cream. Um, my ice cream doesn't typically taste like um, you know the normal flavors that most ice cream brands carry. Your ears are out there. Yeah, they're very like herbaceous, um, very cultured menu. Um, you know, flavors that um, the community is familiar with. Like I have a cornbread ice cream. Um, I had a, a plantain ice cream at one point. Um, and then I have Rich Boy, which is my bestseller, um, which is your typical cookies and cream, but it's just made with coconut. Um, so I think that um, I have a great chance as uh, bringing customers in with just, you know, dairy-free products um, because I do again wanted to just be a space where we can all just not have the typical ice cream experience where you go in and you scoop and you sit down and and things like that i want it to be more of a space where um people can kind of like hang out like a ice cream lounge more so um, <laughs> there are other like establishments like the museum of ice cream and things like that that are like popping up a lot of um interactive spaces i don't know if you've heard interactive of that interactive ice cream yeah there's like i don't know if you, just have you all ever heard of like cream. museum of ice cream it's like a <laughs> museum <intrigued>. about <laughs> ice cream and they have like a sprinkle bath and they have you know just all these different types of things you can do with ice cream um, it's not a typical ice cream shop. Um, so I kind of want to, you know, curate that kind of experience when I do open a brick and mortar for well, cream. Now, I'm, now I really want to go. <laughs> they, uh, uh, now, Patrick, you also have a, a tasting room. Um, is that how you get people to, you know, try it for the first time? Or is that the plan? We do, yeah. So that, that's one of the ways that we, we get people to try it for the first time. Um, we... we Co Post-COVID, uh, our, our tasting room has scaled back a little bit. Uh, we only offer uh, private experiences, whereas before we would do group tours um, throughout the week. Uh, but it, it still definitely draws a crowd, um, just at separate times. <laughs> um, but you know, we, we also do tastings at, um, and our, our sales reps do tastings at different liquor stores that we're in. Uh, we're on different cocktail menus, and so we can people can experience uh, through uh, through curated drinks by New Orleans' great bartenders. You know what I was thinking that you could also use it as for focus groups, right? Maybe a, something you wanted to give a try. Did you do that? We've definitely done that. We, uh, so one of, our, uh, one of our core products now is called our Mare. It's an herbal rum liqueur. And so uh, it, it 
includes about 23 different herbs, peels, roots, and spices. And so there was a lot of focus group uh, action on, on that. We had to, uh, first it started with Andrew and I, we did a lot of cupping, uh, just making teas out of all the herbs that we thought could uh, could work. And then eventually as we started making blends after we, we decided more of, of, we honed it down a little bit more, uh, we started just getting people's opinions in the in the tasting room and they would try different iterations and give us their feedback. And Nikki, you got the cow out of the picture here. <laughs> no cow. And there's so many unemployed cows right. now because you're, but um, what about, um, what do you replace it with? Um, I usually um, replace it with coconut, um, coconut milk, uh, almond milk, cashew milk, soy milk. There's a ton of milks <laughs> other than milks that um, involve animals <laughs> like cows. It, does it um, expressly um, say that? For instance, when you open this store, is that going to be part of the name? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's definitely going to be dairy-free, vegan um, space. Um, just because I think that everyone should be able, especially in my community, for black and brown people, we are like um, definitely impacted by lactose intolerance. Um, so um, it's a that very was, high number. Right? Yeah, it is a very high number. So it's very important um, that you know we're able to still indulge. I mean, grant you, I'm not vegan by any means. I don't like milk. <laughs> period. Okay. I don't like okay. cow milk, period. So I yes, just, um, no cow milk for me. You have no opinion but, on animals, but. <laughs> <laughs> but but cheese, of course, is, you know, they all come from the, the same the same family. So um, I, I don't call myself vegan um, for that reason, um, because I do still indulge in other, you know, dairy products. Really, that, of all the things you can um, indulge but, in, really, it's, uh, but it's not. whole milk. It's not beat yourself it's up. It's just not <laughs> something I um, ever really enjoyed, um, and that's why I started using almond milk and coconut milks to cook and bake and things like that. Um, and it just it just made it that much more satisfying. For me, so. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Nikki Thompson from Hood Cream, the vegan ice cream company, and Patrick Hernandez from Rulison Rum. Patrick, what's the definition of a better rum versus a not good tasting rum? I, yeah, for there, the novice. There, there's no definition per se, but uh, it, it definitely has to do with, in the distillation process, I guess is the best place to start. Um, you know, the, the, the spectrum of a distillation run uh, at least on a pot still, starts with uh, your, your heads and your hearts. And so that is, um, it's a really concentrated heads portion. Heads and hearts? Yeah. It's a, um, so this isn't you, this is the rum. I mean, this is a, yeah. a rum terms. Okay. Yeah, not, absolutely. And, I was and thinking it's a, passion a, across, uh, across alcohol. So your heads come first, and those are um, really, really concentrated flavors, um, and they, but they don't, uh, they don't taste great at the beginning, for sure. Um, your hearts are what you want to keep right away, and then your tails come at the end. And that is, again, um, the rum isn't bad per se, but it's, it's off balance. And so what we do is we take really tight cuts on our hearts, and so we only, only take um, you know, the best of it, and, and it's less efficient that way. But uh, we, you know, we save the, the heads and the tails, and we redistill it and, and make a, a unique product out of that on our own, uh, it's, which is our overproof. Uh, but we redistill it a few more times until we're, we're really capturing that, that right balance. Um, we also take more time in fermentation. Uh, we take about seven to 10 days, which is very, very long for distilled spirits. Uh, but during that time, any harsh compounds that would normally occur and naturally occur in 
um, in fermentation are can kind of blow off, and so we're we're not dealing with trying to separate them out as much in the still phase. And Nikki, I um, there's part of me that worries about you, kind of like a dad here. Is that uh, <laughs> you're you've got um, you've got the product. You're thinking of getting a store. You still do interior design. You you're a student, and uh, let's see. Also, and you organize this um, neighborhood cleanup group. Um, <laughs> I worry about you know, maybe spreading yourself too thin. Yeah, I do have a lot on my plate, and um, I am looking to expand and, um, you know, you know, develop a team so that I could just lighten my load a bit. Um, hood cream right now um, is definitely my main focus when it comes to um, finding manufacturing. I think that would help me a great bit. Um, just finding a place that can actually manufacture my recipes. Is it just you now? It is just me. It is just me. Um, but it's very small scale, so um, I'm only doing like pop-ups and things like that. Patrick, I, you know, you um, you went to went to Penn. You went to Wharton. You were doing all the right stuff. You uh, you went off to the uh, Allianz and on Wall Street. That's a pretty good gig. It's what everybody wants. What happened? Yeah. Um, you know, I got a lot of questions when I decided that that wasn't uh, what I wanted to do. But I, I knew, um, I knew coming out of college that I, I wanted to eventually make it back to Louisiana. Um, and as most other Wharton grads, just kind of got sucked into New York. And first, I said I'll, I'll spend a year there, uh, and then it turned into four years. Uh, it, but you know, towards the end, I was I was starting to think really, what am I doing? And and I really enjoyed the work, but I felt like I was missing the the operational experience to really like have a holistic investment decision uh, in in um, in that process, and so I said, you know, what better way than to just dive right in and, and start a business myself? And uh, I don't think I would have, I definitely wouldn't have uh, kind of gotten to that conclusion if it hadn't been for very fateful wedding in Sweden with my <laughs> business partner uh, Andrew. Uh, so. We uh, we met because we were freshman year hallmates, and, and the so, couple's still together. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it, didn't, yeah. it wasn't yeah. just one sided here. That's good. <laughs> no. Yeah. So um, so Andrew and I, uh, freshman year hallmates, and his roommate from freshman year ended up being my roommate the remaining three years, and uh, and so we're both in this wedding together, and and we go and uh, and we realize you know we're hanging out, catching up, but we realize we we live about four blocks apart from each other, in New York City. We're like, okay, this is crazy. We have to see, like, we have to hang out. Uh, so when we got back, we we met up for drinks, and uh, and then he told me about this idea he had. He was working at Kings County Distillery in Brooklyn at the time. Oh, okay. Uh, and so he had all of the, the distilling background. Uh, I had the finance background, uh, but and he knew he wanted to be close to the sugar cane, close to the source of, of really everything that we we do. And so options were based Louisiana and Florida. Uh, with with Louisiana's uh, sugarcane, uh, right right where you came from, that right, Morgan City exactly. Berwick area, yeah. right where right where I grew up, and and the sugarcane industry in Louisiana is just more, much more welcoming to small producers and, and willing to work with us and get us that that grade of molasses that we need. Uh, whereas Florida is much more industrialized and, and commercialized, and so it wouldn't have been as possible. And, and so I said uh, to Andrew, I was like, well, you know, you need someone. You need someone who is from Louisiana, right? right, and right. Who, you need it's, someone who, who knows business, right? He was like, sure. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and it's cooler to say you're from Louisiana, more exotic, don't you think? <laughs> it is. Yeah. Uh, hey, um, Nikki, you're, the name of the company, um, Hood Cream, is it a reference to like being in the hood? Is Most definitely. Okay. <laughs> Most definitely. Um, 
most times when people hear the word hood, they automatically assume it's a place of, you know, drugs and um, just just not a, a, a safe environment, per se. Um, and I, being someone that grew up in the hood all of my life, have found it to be a place that has sparked my imagination for the many ideas I've had in life, um, including hood cream. I definitely wanted to name it something that, um, you know, carried a neighborhood aesthetic. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the the good hood or the bad hood that you think of. It, it really just boils down to being a community um, and me just pulling inspiration and ideas for different flavors, um, you know, for that particular community. Yeah, Patrick, what do you, how are you marketing it? I mean, uh, first of all, how do I buy it? Uh, do I buy it online and you ship it to me? Do you have it in stores? You did mention some, some stores or some bars. Yeah, absolutely. So unfortunately, we are not allowed to ship directly to consumers. So you do have to go to retailers who, who will carry it. You can come into our store and, and purchase it there. But we're, we're in a number of retailers around uh, New Orleans and Baton Rouge on the North Shore and then in, in all of the other states. Now, so. how about that as a sell, though? You've got to fight somebody else for that space and you're doing something very different. What's that sales pitch like? Yeah, it's uh, it, it really focuses on on quality first. You know, we we like to think that being local is an added benefit, but it's it's not something we can rely on. We need to really make sure that we're coming in with that best quality that's going to make something unique for their customers and and something that you know, they can offer uh, and introduce to to their own customers as well. That's working. There's a, the, uh, but you have a different approach to life in that. I can see you talking about scaling, but uh, very gradually. And uh, and frankly, Nikki, you want to take over the world. So uh, they, it's a you know it's a big step to go to bricks and mortar. Right. I assume you're are you making the ice cream like in your kitchen now. I am making it in the kitchen, but most of my pop up experiences I am um, making right there in front of the customer. Um, you know, to um, for them to have instantly. They don't have to come to your kitchen. They don't have to come that to my kitchen. That would be a very weird <laughs> business model. And uh, the, uh, what about uh, social media? Does that play into Yes, it? social media helps a lot um, because, you know, when I am creating a menu and things like that, I am very connected with, you know, my following. I'm showing them how I'm making it and what products I'm putting into it. I'm adding a nice little tune and some good graphics. Um, so that's definitely... a a part I definitely enjoy about making um, hood cream for my for my consumers. I got um, now. This question has to come up: Is where's the money coming from? There's uh, now. I assume Patrick, you made billions on Wall Street, <laughs> and that's why you you can do it. Is at the twenty as, at twenty two? Yes. Yes. They, they, <laughs> is it just you and your partner, or did you have to go for some funding? Or um, we we sought out some loans, and and then the two of us. Yep. Okay. You haven't maxed out your credit cards or all those kind of scary stories. No, no. Okay, no. all right. Those we, are frightening. What, what about yourself? <laughs> I have maxed out my credit <laughs> cards. <laughs> so if anyone's out there listening, than I hope for, I'm they? in dire need <laughs> of help. <laughs> Call that number on your screen. There's uh, And to expand is going to cost you It's going to cost me a, a quite a bit, but um, right now I'm kind of like just pivoting my business plan a bit. Um, my main priority right now is just finding, you know, manufacturing, like having someone. You'd like you to know. do that manufacturing here? I would like that, yes. Well, where would. would the store be? I mean, you know, I'm not pinning you down, but is there? 
Um, I definitely would like it to be in the Central City neighborhood um, because there is no ice cream shop in that neighborhood. I mean, most of the ice cream shops located in the city are either uptown or I believe that's the only place really that most of the ice cream shops are located. And Nick, what about the, the background? Uh, obviously, uh, uh, Patrick, you had a business background from school and what you did, but Nikki, um, I see, where do you, do you learn kind of by doing or... Um, actually, I learned, so Hood Cream began um, because me and my grandmother actually <laughs> used to make ice cream um, growing up, and we still enjoy ice cream together over the phone while she's thousands of miles <laughs> away. It's just always been our thing. Um, and I remember going home for quite a bit um, during the pandemic because um, things got a little scary here. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, and, and home is uh, um, Connecticut? Home is Connecticut. Okay. And she gave me her old ice cream machine. <laughs> and I was or like, you took the old ice cream machine. <laughs> I or something. took it. <laughs> Distracted grandmother. Yeah. And <laughs> um, no, she actually gifted me this old ice cream machine. And that's when I, I mean, during the pandemic, I think we all were pretty much kind of like, I mean, I wasn't in business yet, so... Um, I was just playing around with it and just seeing how things were going and trying those trying different flavors, flavors um, infusing it with the different things. And people were, you know, saying, oh, Nikki, can you make me a pint? And they were starting to slide (laughs) me, you know, a couple of dollars to do it. And I was like, "Okay, this is this is this is good. But this is hood. (laughs) 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 This is a whole lot of his stuff going on. Now, unlike Nikki, Patrick, you've got some government regulations with distilling i think it's probably even worse than beer i mean you've got some yes quite quite a few uh so you know unfortunately we weren't able to uh we weren't able to make anything until we were completely permitted which took about 14 months of being in our current space uh so it was was definitely a challenge and uh i mean we we heavily relied on andrew's background and uh, even though that was all whiskey, a lot a lot translates, and, and he still had the the creative ideas of what he wanted to do with with the rum. Uh, but we still took about three to four months of, of trials after we got all fully permitted. Um, again, going to a lot of focus groups or doing a lot of focus groups, just gathering friends and family, uh, fourteen different iterations of, of rum, and so uh, made for some some fun times. We had to revisit things uh, a few times uh, to get it really honed down but um, but yeah we we still have plenty of of regulations that we're we're navigating. Nick I have to ask you this we we both grew up in New England and there was a hood ice cream that we grew up with Mm -hmm. are you a division of hood ice cream? I am not a division of have they come after you? They have not come after me I don't think I'm quite big enough yet yeah that would be to break into your kitchen that is something I've thought about continuously (laughs) I'm like hood ice cream is going to come after me at some point no no no, and there's just to be the slogan was it's hood to be good yeah or good to be hood but anyways Mm -hmm. Patrick I um I have to ask you um when you pitched (laughs) to your your parents what you were going to (laughs) do um what was the reaction I mean you were well trained well on your way uh, silence, silence at first, uh, and then a little bit of confusion. And are you sure? Uh, and think about it. <laughs> but they know you had thought it out before you presented. They that knew and- that, but yeah, I, I think it was a probably completely out of left field. Not anything that they had ever ever expected me to to be telling them. I was I had this plan to do, uh, but they. At the same time, really excited uh, for any reason to, to get me back from New York. So, 
I was going to say, that was the pull, right? Yeah. <laughs> I started out today's show by saying not all small businesses are created equal. I could have added that imagination, creativity, vision, perseverance, and the ability to sell are not equally distributed among all small business owners. Once in a while, we meet people who embody these qualities in abundance and are able to chart their own course. Folks like this don't need business consultants to tell them to think outside the box. They live outside the box. Nikki and Patrick, you're both building businesses based on passion and quality, and there's always a market for quality. And there are certain products like yours that passion seems to find a way into in a way that drives sales. Congratulations on all your achievements so far. I look forward to keeping up with you and following your continued success. Thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thanks for having having me. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Nikki Thompson, owner of Hood Cream, and Patrick Hernandez, co-founder of Relays on Rum. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Nikki's vegan ice cream and Patrick's range of rums by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, hmm, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris, our technical producer is Eric Merle, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New Orleans style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Tap Room, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Tap Room has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Out to Lunch is brought to you by Basics Swim and Gym and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie. And by the It's New Orleans Happy Hour podcast. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. 